Once again, Alvin Lee and the old group 10 years after for many decades previous in our lives for that wonderful intro. And the great uh, guy had vision, didn't he? Um, he'd only be spinning in his grave today if he could see it going on. That's what we discuss here and how to get out of it and remove yourself from it and distance yourself as much as possible from all that insanity that we see spinning around us. We talk about it here at the Radio Ranch. Roger Sales, your host, and, of course, the People's Patriot Network and Eurofolk Radio. I need to keep throwing Eurofolk in there right now because of some changes that are going on, and we broadcast on both of those facilities, simulcast, they call it, in the business. Um, it is the Tuesday edition, and the date stamp is April 27, so it's uh, 4-27-21, and... Closing out uh, the month of April here at the end of this week. Some interesting things going on, obviously. Having a little discussion here on biblical stuff before the uh, button, uh, before the flag got dropped and we go public here at the three minutes after the hour. I guessed uh, Jim Ram was supposed to use our Jitsi platform yesterday for his show, and I did not get a chance to listen, and I don't know if that worked out. Were any of y'all listening or participating in that yesterday? Did it? Uh, was there a seamless segue over to Jim's program or what? It was seamless to nothingness, basically. It was not working for him. Oh, okay, still some kind of a technical problem. Yeah, not on the PPN studio. I tell you all this technical stuff, and then what what happened last week when we couldn't go on Thursday when I was going to take a day off, and it was dictated that I take a day off as it was, and it was a software snafu, and I'm not really up on all of it, but I think it's a real problem because that software that set all that up without trying to get too technical or involved uh, is has not done updates, and it's a major undertaking, and so I think we're going to make some some slight uh, bobs and weaves. And uh, what we've done now is connected over to the Eurofolk server. That's the reason I said that. And it may be that Jim and I are both off of there for a while. And uh, we'll have to see how all the rest of it works out and can get refined. I don't know. Are we on TuneIn now or not? It may be that we're not because of the other uh, server that is not up to snuff now so i don't i got to get with paul and get it all straightened out so we're going through a little transition as you know we've been going through a transition since we started this thing a few years back <laughs> seems like there's always some transition with some technical stuff so you know, anyway Roger, yeah <laughs> one of these days instead of alvin lee you're gonna throw in there alvin and the chipmunks yeah i should that's what it feels like sometimes and i've just gotten so disgusted with it you know i used to like messing with computer stuff and it's gotten so involved and com complex you got to stay up with it every day and all these changes and i just threw my hands up and said to hell with it i was noticing polly the other night you know pretty little old polly you know the the one that does her little youtube things little blonde mm -hmm. canadian gal and uh she uh, she said i don't have a smartphone and i my my motto is to stay as far away from anything technical as i can <laughs> <laughs> so i kind of appreciated that uh 
it's uh i guess it's increasingly difficult um I feel lucky that I'm old enough to not have been in the front end of this cell phone generation because I can't stand those things, really. I mean, I use mine for a telephone, really, is all. And, but all these people that literally live on their cell phone, first of all, how they read all those little letters is beyond me, all right? <laughs> and, and then how they work with their fat fingers on all those little typing things is a, a second beyond me. And uh, just the whole thing, all the intuitiveness and all the – it just gets – said, nope, go over there, sit over there. I'll give me a big computer with a big screen. And uh, so anyway, here we are. I got a small computer here. It's not a screen as big as I like to do the show, but we do have a good program. We got a good group of guys here. We got a lot of interesting things going on. There's a very interesting gun case that the uh, Supreme Court accepted certiorari on. Did you, uh, you guys see that story? And guns are sort of a topic around here at times. Nobody saw it. Saying- yeah, I did see the headline and read the story. We'll see what happens. But you, did you get the gist of the case? It's pretty interesting. Well, it, it might uh, cause constitutional carry to be nationwide, yeah. And, and the gist is, if you didn't read it, Harvey, are you there? I'm right here. Did have you? Are you privy to this, what were, this Supreme Court certiorari acceptance on Monday? Well, I, I haven't done any detailed reading. If I... If I want to know something, and I, I will want to know something well, here soon, I'll I, go over to Gun Owners of America for okay. my source of information. Well, all I did was look at and read the basis of the uh, the case, okay? So that's all I know either. But I do know this much. It's coming out of New York. And what we've got is a diversity of opinion. And as we've talked about the way the court system is set up before, Who's got all those birds? Is somebody in an aviary, or is that you up in North Georgia in the spring, Harvey? Yeah, I'm up here. Let me turn it off and see if that's. I don't Was... hear the birds, but I hear no. a bee. No, got some a, no, no, no. Bumblebee. Yeah, somebody else has got birds happening. Anyway, it's it's all right. Uh, we talked I, about I, the. I, pardon me. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to add that. Uh, yeah, the basic uh, other underlying thing is that Roberts isn't controlling what court cases get heard. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, you say he is not hearing. He's I mean, not. not he's not having the same influence on the on the uh, choices of cases that actually do get to the Supreme Court. Um, where, where did you pick that up? I'm not well, sure. I just want to know. Pardon. It was a headline on Revolver News. Okay, good. Uh, um, well, the the basis of the case is interesting because it it shows us how the court system works. It illustrates that for us. And the Supreme Court, it, when they used to be legitimate and stuff, obviously this aspect they've still got, they like to take cases where there's what they call diversity. And what that right. means is that we, there's 11 circuits that are the appellate circuits. And when one appellate circuit rules one way on an issue and another one rules the other way, those are the kind of cases they like to accept, and that's what we've got here. And the 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 hitch in the giddy-up comes out, interestingly enough, of New York and their concealed carry laws, and the case is going to revolve on is there, because one of the questions on their questionnaire is, why do you need this? 
You need to have a reason right. to do concealed carry, and that's going to be the question as this case gets looked at. So it is, as you said, it may be a blanket uh, uh, a whole nationwide carry deal, but it is kind of interesting, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to justify a reason for exercising your constitutional rights. Well, that's the denial well, of constitutional no, right. It, it's you know again, let's that that's not a constitutional right. It's a God-given right that's constitutionally protected. There you go. Yeah, you know it, and I know it. that's what we mean. At least on this on in this crowd. Yeah, we all well, know the Constitution doesn't uh, grant rights. You know, back remember John Nelson Harvey, uh, the old yeah, great. I never met him. Right, great researchers. Too bad he was in Atlanta a few times. He had a group there, but he was living out in Durango, Colorado, and it's such a small town, and he was such a high-profile, well-known person there that he kind of started a movement of using silver and just calling money money and bills currency or credit, debt credit, you know? Yeah. And it's down to this specificity of words in the everyday usage that we use them interacting with other people where we're able to maybe spread some of this specific thinking that it takes to understand what these guys have done and maneuver through it, okay? This is, I think, part yeah. of you getting your reality back. No kidding, where are all the birds coming from? Because this sounds like an aviary to me. Does nobody else right, hear that? Let, I hear it. Let me go, <laughs> let me go mute. Uh, yeah, it's coming from Harvey. It's all those North Georgia birds up in the spring, man. It's nice to hear they got so many birds. Well, you know, my high-frequency hearing is uh, pretty much non-existent, so I can't hear them uh, much We're, of the time. You can't they, hear and I. You can't hear those birds? Holy smokes, everybody in the world's hearing them. <laughs> Does that go along with your color blindness, Harvey? Uh, let me tell you. I'll tell you what it goes uh, along with is having your eardrums blown out yeah. by 37 frag grenades. Yeah, right. And standing in front of 175-millimeter guns for uh, a full night at a time. That'll do it. Uh, That'll set yeah. it up. Well, I'm sorry so, you got that disability because your birds are lovely. And, you yeah. know, there's a, a, a all over the world part of the backlash of all these pesticides and stuff or what it's done to the birds and the bees. Uh, you know, can, can we get more basic than that? Uh, but that's just wonderful to hear all the birds. And I get to down here in Ecuador, the bees are pr pretty prolific and the birds too. So, uh, it's uh, nice because I know it's not that way all over the world anymore. No, uh, that it's not. But uh, I may wind up with you know, some of those little radios stuck in my ear, you know, the hearing aids. Yes, yeah, right, right. Uh, I may wind up doing that. I, yeah, I got I a few guys down here that are hard have hearing problems. I'm, you know. Uh, fortunately I can't see how I escaped it at my age with all the rock and roll concerts rock. I was at yeah. and all the, the headphones with loud you know, volumes turned up all the way and all that stuff. I went through all those years. Amazing. But somehow I survived it. Uh, well, just compare that to, you know, I had a stack of frag grenades that went off Peace. 37 of them. Oh, uh, 
Yeah, and they were about 10 or 12 feet from my head. And uh, they're down in a little hole. And I went up to see my buddy, the battalion surgeon, afterwards. And uh, I said, you know, I told him what had happened. And he looked in my ears and he just started laughing. He said, man, you wouldn't believe it. So your eardrums are red as a fire truck and you got holes in both eardrums. Oh, no, isn't that cheery? And uh, gave me some antibiotic drops for it. And, uh, and a day or two later, uh, they sent uh, helicopters in to take us over to the Battle of Quezon. I never thought about those drops again. <laughs> I completely forgot. Mm-mm-mm. So, uh, yeah, but uh, you get, uh, yeah. If I get in a in a noisy environment, people try to talk. I mean, people are talking. I'm trying to hear. I can't hear them. Uh, it just runs together. Yeah. I had that trouble Sunday at a little lunch after church, and uh, this gal was talking, and she talks in a soft voice, like just a semi-whisper almost. I finally just got uh, tired of it, and I just got up and left. Uh, no fun. No yeah. fun. Yep, 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 yep. So, um, well, we uh, we moved forward judiciously. I did watch a video, and then I had a listener send me an interesting page that I wanted to talk about and promote. I hadn't looked at it terribly deeply, uh, but I was fairly impressed with what I looked at. And it mainly had to do with, let's see if I can find that little small tab here, mainly had to do with, from his standpoint, some traffic stuff on here. And it does have an awful lot of different sites and different little areas of interest, uh, taxation, one of them, and different things, a lot of different sites and a lot of different resources. And it's called, the site is uslawbooks.com. U.S. Law Books. I believe that's the one I'm on. Dot com. Let's see. Let me let me make double sure. Yeah. U.S.LawBooks.com, and uh, looks like there's some interesting stuff on there. Some of you legal guys might want to look into it. As I said, it looks like it, it, he has an awful lot of things on there. But what caught my eye was he had a big statement here. He says it's all about capital letters jurisdiction. Yeah, driver's license versus the right to travel. Uh, guard your jurisdiction and do not admit it incorrectly. Well, uh, this guy probably doesn't understand our approach. You shouldn't do that anyway, but you got to go back and correct it at that one central point that makes so much difference with the old lord of the manor. But there looks to be a great deal of information on here if you didn't. Uh, don't have a, a situation where you can go look that site up, uslawbooks.com. I'll put this site at the end of today's show description when we post it over on, um, over on CastBox. And I guess that's our main outlet now for archiving. We used to have with the, before the software screwed up last week, we had a repeat at night of both Jim and my show. And, um, 
that uh, I can't, we can't access it. That's what the problem is, that software. So instead of putting it up there and CastBox, it'll just be on CastBox, and we'll post it over there temporarily and find out what's going on as we go forward. You know, the, the idea was to have us a whole little network here, and it's I'm going to tell you it's very difficult to find people who, A, want to make a commitment to have the – dependability and regularity that it takes to have a regular radio show you know there's one important thing and it goes through all especially see it in corporate america and that is consistency you know if you walk into a mcdonald's or a kentucky fried chicken anywhere down here you might as well be walking into one in the u.s the food tastes the same and probably with the exception of in Argentina, them serving wine at McDonald's, uh, everything else is really standard, and, and it's that consistency. And it's one of the things that I try and do here is to be on real regular, you know, and it's rare that I take days off and I'm not here. Occasionally it happens, but uh, it's that consistency that is a real, to me, key ingredient of building something that's successful and solid. And I try and adhere to that as much as possible. But it's hard with other people uh, f with their particular circumstances, etc. And so it's been like Jim and I, uh, DJ was with us at her health show for a while, and she's overwhelmed. And uh, it took a sabbatical. I don't know if it's permanent or not, but it, uh, Brian Howard had a show with us for a while, and he also uh, took off. It's a little bit of a burden to have that, but therefore it's hard to build this, and for me to take all the time to deal with all the problems and all the rest of the stuff, I just didn't, I wasn't willing to do it in the end. So I think this kind of combining it at least at this stage as a temporary we're going over and using euro folks servers so if you're promoting the show uh promote listening to it live on euro folk radio because it appears like we'll probably be over there for a while and uh euro folks kind of in the same situation uh we're sister stations and sister networks uh we kind of have different areas of emphasis but uh, in the situation with the way it is, it seems like combining the two has been the logical thing, outcome, and decision to me for quite some time. So I guess we're moving that way as a matter of necessity, not to get into too much background technical and house cleaning stuff, but for those of you who are regular, that's kind of what's going on here. And uh, so the other thing I noticed uh, that I watched right before the program today was over on BitChute, and that's an interview done by this guy that I really, really uh, am impressed with named Alex Newman. You know who this guy Alex Newman is, guys? Nope. He's the guy that writes and kind of works, talks for John Birch Society. He writes for other publications, but he's a, a, a really, really good, solid guy. And uh, super smart, written a bunch of books, got a good handle on, on, on pretty much everything. And the uh, interview is with a American-born microbiologist who now lives in Germany. And he's got an unusual name. He kind of looks, I don't know whether he looks Oriental or Indian or what, B-A-H-K-E or something, B-P-A-H-K-E, Bapke, uh, 
I saw his face on an interview earlier over the weekend, and I didn't get to watch it. And it popped up again, and it was Alex Newman doing this interview. And I was, I, I, like I said, I'm very impressed with Alex Newman in the first place. And I know he wouldn't have this guy on if he didn't have something very valid. And it was an exceptionally interesting uh, interview. Harvey almost sent it to you right before the program. It's, this guy has got – uh, all of the inner workings on how the vaccine is working inside the body. Okay. Oh boy. And in yeah. a, a very simplified presentation and explanation. And it, it, it is really uh, something to see what they've got engineered here. Okay. Wow. And he, he goes into the reason that it's all the clotting is happening and that's why people are dying in the in, with a clot blood clots in their lungs he goes into why all that is happening and why the after effects uh and the, i guess the good news is of the real severe after effects there's only a small one or two percent of of the population that are having them at this point although they can be really severe all the for one thing all the one of the occasional complaints are these real severe splitting, almost migraine type headaches. Have you heard that yet, Harvey? As a as a potential side effect. Yeah. The reason yeah. for it is clotting the blood in the brain. Hey, Roger. Yeah. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, and uh, I'm familiar with Sukarit Bhakti. The guy's excellent. That's who it is. Oh, hey, I haven't seen hey, Jimbo. Yeah, I haven't seen his video, so if you would forward that to me, I would appreciate it. I just said it. it. On my show. I just said it. Uh, put it in the forum a minute ago. Great. Okay? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and he does about the best. I love people that can bring things forward that and that are complex and make them simple. Okay, that's a talent, and and a lot of people don't have it. All right, and this guy's got it in spades, and goes out of his way to simplify it. So I think you're going to find it most enlightening and it's like he's saying he said i don't care if 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 joe biden administrator and angela merkel take the vaccine but i care if you and my neighbors do <laughs> uh very uh insightful and if you've got anybody that's on the fence about taking this vaccine i can't imagine people being there but that may be the case in some instances uh stick this in front of him it's very well done and he's quite believable and uh he, he he's even startled about what they're doing here so i'll stick that at the end of the show description if you look over on bitshoot the title of it is famous microbiologist warns that vaccine will prove you with a most excruciating death. Will provide you with a most excruciating death. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, probably good advice. I, I can't think of any of our people that have come along the path this far with us that would even consider going and taking anything that these damn murder and thieving, lying, Satanist bastards offer. Uh, you know, especially with the, oh, please, come here, it's going to help you. Uh, we know them too well, don't we? We know them too darn well. Yeah, we do. We do indeed. Just find me an instance of the government telling the truth. And I'll consider. I, I found one. I've got one. It's oh. obscure, oh, yeah. buddy. I mean, it's obscure. Okay, it took me about 
I don't know, 28, 27, 28 years to find it, but I found it. I got one. Yeah. It says in the Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality, it says according to the INA, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. That's the most honest I believe I've ever seen the son of a bitches be. Now, interestingly enough, why are they that honest in that situation? It's because they have to be that honest to set up the lie they're feeding you. <laughs> And it's only through that one little slip that they put that honesty down right there. Now, it's interesting. Uh, and it's funny. I was thinking about this last night. And, you know, back when I first was figuring this out and saw that passport application oath and noticed it for the first time and saw the non-citizen national, well, I, I didn't even understand that was American Samoa. And I didn't understand what they were doing. And now... I understand that they did that, I think, specifically because they had to put it out there truthfully in the paperwork, okay? They have to put that truthfully in the passport application because it's an information-gathering request, and it has to make it fit all the parameters of the Paperwork Reduction Act. And it has to make all of those constitutional uh, uh, trials, before they can put that out as an information gathering request. That's why they've got that stuff so hidden in there. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, if you start thinking this a little deeper, what it is is the reason they put it in there is so they could stick that in the oath. And for the rare person, now, Harvey, you just got finished submitting a passport application, did you not? Ooh, hold on. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I had the microphone on. I, I thought it was muted. Uh, yep, I just uh, sent it along its way yesterday afternoon. Okay, now uh, you, you informed me that now if you're going to uh, apply for a passport, you can't just do what you used to, just walk in the post office and the guy that's the agent come over there and deal with you, right? you got to now make an appointment, is that correct? Yeah. Uh, and they've got... 15 minute time slots actually they weren't busy and i could have just gone over there and said hey hannah how about uh looking at this see if it's okay yeah uh, this this little post office i went to is smaller than my house okay uh i mean it's a tiny little place in a tiny tiny little town right and uh it was uh, really. Okay, so for the rare person yeah. that even reads any of that stuff, closely, certainly, and they get down to the oath, and if they were reading, they go, well, I swear under penalty of perjury I'm a citizen of the United States, which is what they've been, they've been programmed to think they are, of course, or in parentheses, as it used to be, a non-citizen national. Now, I've always said the reason they got it in there is because the person that's looking at that and reading it and even has a couple of brain cells working is going to go, well, I don't know. I know I'm a citizen of the United States. I've always answered yes to that, but yet I don't know what this national is. And if it's a non-citizen, I don't need to look into it because I know I can't be that because I know I'm a citizen. They're relying right. back on the programming. Okay. Now, what they did otherwise 
was taken form a third political status with American Samoa. The first political status of the country for all those years was state citizen. State citizenship, you were a national citizen because you were a state citizen. Okay, That's where they get the term national, and they're imputing it here. All right. And so then the 14th Amendment comes along and creates the secondary status of a citizen of the United States. And American Samoa, where you were a national but could not be a 14th Amendment citizen, was the third political status in the country. And the reason they created it was because they were going to use the term national to identify the state citizen, and now they can use the same term national with the American Samoans and stick that identifier non-citizen in front of it and hide the other one effectively behind it. So that anybody that starts looking at national, they're going to go and bite the head fake on American Samoa. That's exactly what's going on here. And it took me... It was years, I think, even after the book was written before I understood that, like, especially like we do now. So I wanted to put that out there. Does anybody have any observations or questions on that? Well, I'd like to, to say something. You, know, you had, uh, you know, several times in the past, I think all of us have said, well, they ask you if you're a citizen, and they do that over and over and over. Uh, on the other hand, they refer to all these people, these gate crashers coming in from the South and other places, uh, they refer to them as nationals, you know, Nigerian well, they are. nationals. Well, they are. Yeah. They're, they're nationals right. of their country. Yes, exactly. And But they don't ask us if we are U.S. nationals. <laughs> no. but, when they, but, but if they say... Uh, that people don't say, what is your citizenship? They'll ask, what is your nationality? Right? Yeah, yeah that's pretty correct, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a strange uh, dichotomy there. We'll use, are you a citizen? But if we were to ask someone that, that we had, no, you know, we've never met, maybe he's got a slightly strange accent. What's your nationality would be the question. Mm -hmm. Or your ethnicity. No, it's just a little different. Yeah, oh, absolutely uh, it's different, but that you may ask, you might ask somebody that in conversation, you know. Right. Well, I was just talking to a guy down at Walmart yesterday and and uh real, real nice guy. And I I said, uh what is your nationality originally? Where were you raised? You know, where'd you come from? And he said, India. I said, that's what I thought. Because, you know, he, he looked like a Caucasian with very dark skin. Mm -hmm. And we had a nice talk. I've had several nice talks with him. Really good, bright fellow. And, uh, but he's been here since 1984. Fascinating country and culture, India. Yeah, but you know they they are uh, they're in what what I would describe as a knife fight with China. Oh, absolutely, you know, always have been, especially had. now, because China's yeah. trying to squeeze all those countries down, and they've got all the access to the melting glaciers and the headwaters, all those famous rivers. 
They're squeezing them, man. They're squeezing Thailand and uh, Mekong Delta and all that. They got so many dams put up that it's uh, uh, literally has a chance to bankrupt those countries downstream. Uh, China is a formidable, formidable opponent, and they are like the the Jews. Is they, they I mean, they're perfect communists because there's very few things me- ethically or morally that they will allow to stand in their way. Well, funny that you say that because uh, I knew a, a family owned a Chinese restaurant in Marietta, GA, where we used to have uh, a weekly meeting. And it turned out they were Chinese uh, extract, you know, genetically Chinese, whatever variety of Chinese, and they were. Uh, by nationality, they were Vietnamese. So the older brother who had served in the Vietnamese, South Vietnamese Army, somehow escaped, made enough money, started getting his family out of Vietnam one by one. But uh, in some discussions of that, someone told me that the Chinese in Asia were considered uh like Jews in the United States. So here you are talking about that. Uh, well, and you, real popular. Uh, the, it's the, there's a whole bunch of different ethnic varieties of, in China, but the ones yeah. that are the real, the, are the Han, is it the Han or the Hun? I think it's the yeah. Han Chinese, H-A-N. H-A-N. And that's the that's the ethnicity they're imposing on all the others. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the stuff they're that they're doing to their people over there is startling to me. And I've mentioned it before. I watch, try to watch, and pretty much do every weeknight uh, a twenty-five, thirty-minute program from Epic Times called China in Focus. I don't know yeah. if any of y'all have started watching that or gotten looked at it, but that's a very well done nightly news program, mainly China centric, but they really give you inside stuff that's happening there in stories. And I mean, the people committing suicide because they're tearing their house down and over there, the Chinese own all the land. Okay. And if they want, yeah, it doesn't matter if you got a permit correctly 40 years ago and got your house built and everything. They just absolutely won't recognize it, and they do something, get you distracted, get you away from the house, find out when you're not there, pull you into the station on a police station on some kind of buffalo charge, and while you're in there, they demolish your house. Okay, and people are getting so mad and irate about it that they're taking it out on their fellow Chinese. Guy, bus driver, had his house seized, torn down. Had a whole bus full of people, man. He's on a bridge and just drove the whole bus off the bridge into the water. Killed 30-something people. Okay? That kind of stuff's happening over there. And, I mean, it's almost daily as you see stories on it. So the the people are getting shortchanged at every every level by every corrupt layer of this communist party all the way down to especially the local when they the when they'll finally maybe pay them a stipend for the property that they seized and they go through the chinese party and the local people steal almost all of it and they get like this pittance you know last them for a week it's the 
corruption top to bottom. Yesterday was I think it was here we came a conversation came up about the Chinese army. And you see, there's the problem with the Chinese army. The Chinese army's got the same problem. They got tons of people, but they've got these problems of this cultural problem that's eaten up in there. And I was listening to some general Harvey talk, and he said it's like this: if you were to go up against a uh, I don't know, division or a squad, let's say a hundred people in in some military formation from the U.S. Out of that hundred, ten of them would be really gung-ho good adversaries, you know. He said if you were doing that with the Chinese, it'd be one. One out of a hundred. And the rest of them. Yeah, here's somebody. Hello. Yeah, this is Dave from Tennessee. Hey, Dave. Glad you made it, man. Hey. Yeah. Man, I, I get really angry when I hear about the Chinese uh, social credit system. Yeah. I know it's coming here. Oh, it's already here in some uh, way, shape, or form. They're trying to institute it now. Pretty much, yeah. Well, you see, here's a question, and you're new to this. I should tell everybody. Let me clear my throat here. <clears throat> uh, Dave came off of the, I believe, the Scorpio Dave show. I did about a weekend before yeah, yeah. last, and you requested information, and you wrote me back. I mentioned it yesterday and said, why isn't every patriot group in the country doing this or something to that effect, right? Yeah. And, and, and see, uh, you're well, one yeah, of the I was, guys. I was like, why doesn't everybody know about this? Well, and, no, see, you're no. one of the people that, that you're, a ra- you're a rarity, I'm going to tell you. And uh, when this information crosses them, and whether it's you've done enough research and had enough of their experience, and this comes along, but you saw it and you go, "Well, hell, that's exactly what they're doing," okay? Because it all makes yeah. sense and all the pieces fall into place. See, all of a sudden, what I've found over all these years in researching this really sticky technical stuff that they've done here is when you've got a big question and and the answer stumble you stumble across the answer or it stumbles across you sometimes really but when you come on it all the dust settles just poof all the dust settles and all the questions seem answered yeah. and when that happens you know that's generally the answer and you saw it and felt it real good and I appreciated your response there uh because i recognize that so we're glad to have you call in now you had some questions and you're relatively new to this 10 days or so and that's understandable so can we help you clear some of that up that's what this forum is for yeah i was wondering about okay i have a a car that is registered to the state and i have a license that's registered to the state now does that like implicit, like, does that make me a citizen of the United States? Because I did. No, no. Here's probably on my, you know, license. When I signed up for my license, I probably put a yes. But see, U.S. Is. Here is here is the mistake that our community has been making the entire time, and it's an opposite because everything's an opposite. We think that there's something we do that gets us into that contract and that nexus. And we're looking for ways to undo that. And, man, it's the Social Security. Oh, it's the marriage license. Oh, it's the driver's license. And we think it's all these different things. Oh, it's the birth certificate, right? Well, no. What got us into it was being born into the system. 
because they did the switch at birth. I can't undo that. No. Well, no, you can undo it. That's the thing. But you got to understand it to be able to undo it. So here's what they've done, and this is why this is such a critical part to understand, is because it was well, one thing we've learned, Dave, that they always put the hook at the front of whatever they're doing. I could show you three or four key examples, okay? And this is another one. Where's the hook on this uh, uh, affiliation with this status where it is presumed that you're that is the 14th Amendment, all persons born. All persons born or naturalized in the United States, comma, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, comma, are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. Okay? Now, it does not say they all persons born and naturalized in the United States are subject to the jurisdiction thereof. It says and. So there's a choice, and what they're doing is presuming I'm going to cough again. Hold on. <laughs> They're presuming. Well, Roger's coughing. Let me point out something seriously overlooked. In accounting, debits and credits are considered to be the same thing. They only talk about the social credit system in China, but let me assure you there is definitely a social lie debit system in effect also that can be very dangerous. What? Well, it dictates how you how you live your life. Uh, Chris, our good friend Chris here, Dave, since you're new, is Chris's mind works different from anybody's that you've probably ever known. So your first familiarity with Chris, he was commenting on the Chinese credit system. Let me go back to this uh this assumption, presumption that you're born. They did this through the bankruptcy because now they've taken over and that's where the administrative state started. Before thirty three there was no administrative state because the blacks and the whites and the two statuses were recognized and they were dealt with. Now everybody is the same status after the bankruptcy, and you got to have the agencies because now instead of law, you don't have access to law because now you are somebody's got a property right in you, okay? And so you now are controlled by what's called public policy, okay? And that's where man-made laws through the agencies and the regulations control you. And that's where the nexus is, is through that your status dealing with those agencies. What was your question? Well, okay. So I have a commercial name that has been bonded, right? You got a slave name. In all caps. Yes. Yeah, in all caps. Yeah. And then I have a couple different names. So do I have to record it into record? Like, do I have to file an affidavit into record? Well, so you reclaim all my names. You can, and and some people want to do that. We've got some folks here on the call with us that have done that very effectively. What we We've kind of stumbled into the remedies and the applications of the remedies in 
after filing the original paperwork. First thing you got to do is what you did. You applied for a passport last week, right, and submitted the app, an affidavit of some sort? Okay, so that's already deemed accepted. Now then, uh, when that gets back, you may want to write a nice little cover letter. What has actually happened is now the playing field is leveled. Up to this point, we're playing the game with a 45-degree playing field because we didn't understand the rules. We thought we were playing constitutional law and we've been playing merchant law. And so now the, the playing field is level again. And so we can now weaponize the common law, which we didn't have access to before because we were the object of someone's property right, okay? And so now we've got access to that, and so what I think we've come to a really solid, good, firm foundation on moving forward is once that gets up there, now you come back and you write a cover letter. You're in Tennessee, right? What part, Dave? You're in Nashville? Okay, good. Guitar Town. Okay, so you write a, a cover letter to the Attorney General of the state of Tennessee. He's in, in charge of all the lawmaking apparatus up there, isn't he? Pretty much. Okay, so, yeah, so at the top of it, you put notice to the principal is notice to the agent, notice to the agent is notice to the principal. Okay, because we're talking commercial stuff, and you inform him that the copy of the, what you submitted to the Secretary of State is attached and that you wish to f have him firmly place it in your administrative file and notify his agents accordingly. Now then, you copy the you got a chief of police there in Guitar Town. you got a sheriff, whatever county you're in, and you got a local district attorney in your county, and you copy all those people on what you send the attorney general, now they've all been put on notice of your new status. Okay. Now, the reason that's important, should they start screwing with you now, because they've been put on notice, they lose their cloak of uh, uh, that you can't sue them. Okay. Hey, Roger. Yes. This is Brian. Hey, Brian. Can I add a thought to that real quick? Sure. Uh, just a thought, and I obviously you're um, enjoying listening to you walk through this, especially with somebody new, but just a thought here, and I've uh, discovered this over time and just thought it through, but let's say uh, one of us files the affidavit, gets all the documents in order, just exactly what you're talking about at the county property records, et cetera, which... I have done all that, but let's say, and the gentleman's question was uh, talking about registering cars and things like that. Let's say you filed the affidavit and you did all that, you know, three years ago. Well, every year or you're signing new I-9s or whatever documents you're doing, or you're uh, renewing your driver's license or something, thing like that. If there is evidence that you have since you filed that affidavit and declared what your true status is, if you're still going back and recording documents, official documents with the corporation, a state corporation, municipal, that's county that's courthouse, that. whatever, and saying that uh, and still checking the box, yes, I'm a U.S. citizen, that will well, nullify, you know, that would be... 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because I, I really don't, I really don't want to be driving around what? in a car with no license. <laughs> and oh, no that's, well, that's totally I want to be stopped every. I've, I want to well, be stopped. But, I mean, you know, you, I live in a. Go ahead, a, Dave. A very police place. You're you're so in the, you're in the metro. You're you're in the metro area, right? Yeah. Well, that's kind of yeah. a disadvantage. If you were a little more rural, it, it's a little easier because there's just not as many people, and you get a little more personal relationship with the key people. But this is what James James is with us. So at some point, James is the guy up in North Carolina that I told you about in our email exchange, and we'll get to that. But let me get yeah. some of these other basics out of the way, okay? Uh, uh, because it's important that you maybe understand some of this stuff. I've got to try and get back to where we were uh, a minute ago when we got off track um, in my mind. Uh, uh, so he, he, here is, at the birth, you're assigned this presumption. Now, Brian, the guy that just in, in, uh, interjected there, is the student in Austin, Texas, that went to the hospital and found out this procedure straight from the hospital people that do it. Okay, so you're assigned without going into that because that's a whole nother 45 minutes. All right. But you're assigned this at birth. And the idea and the concept is because your parents were put into servitude. Everybody was put into servitude on March the 9th of 33 to take care of the bankruptcy. Okay. And they invoke the feudal system. One of the reasons they use the feudal system is because it involves a silent contract called voluntary servitude. And it runs generationally. It didn't matter who volunteered in. It could have been your fifth great-grandfather. And even though you're still on the feud, if you wanted to volunteer out, you got to because it was this voluntary servitude conceptual relationship. Okay, and it's silent. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of obvious. Like, they took us off the gold standard, and they put right. people right. collateral. Correct, and the reason for that, I'm glad you brought that up. It's a great, if you understand what happened there, it's so illustrative. The reason that they had gold and silver before that was because nobody owned the people, and they were free. They didn't have anybody have a property right on them. They could go and buy things and pay well, for them. The Federal and, Reserve. Right, right. Well, no, it was the Federal Reserve was still happening, but they hadn't pulled the trigger yet. They still had gold. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's, it's when they. Long. It's when um, on the March the ninth of thirty three when they pulled the trigger on the bankruptcy that it switched because after that they took the gold because the people weren't free anymore Great. they yeah. had a property right in the people and now they have to use de debt money currency because they can only discharge debts they can't pay debts because they're not free anymore okay. So that's exactly yeah. the mechanism that happened right there. So, and that's the start of the administrative state. All these agencies, there's 455 of them up there in D.C. now, and the only people they have jurisdiction over are citizens of the United States and residents. They don't have jurisdiction over the old yeah, people. So that's what we've done is separated ourselves from those folks. Now, you were asking about notice. One of the things you can do 
may want to yeah, do I mean, it. I don't think you have to, and I don't no, think it's necessary. Totally. But some people like to do it because they feel like they sleep better at night. And that's go down to your local property records office there in Nashville and register your affidavit at the property records office. Why would you want to do that? Okay. Register or record. And you put it on the property records roll. If you record it. Yes. Because now that, well, that fulfills part of the requirement of due process, notice, and the right to be heard. Now you've taken your affidavit and you've put it into the public record in the form of where where the property is, because that's what you were, and now anybody that objects to it, it's open and due process is fulfilled. Okay? Now, here's another answer. I was asking about that. Well, here's another answer to why you might want to do that. Is uh, As I used to ask people, I'd say, why would you want to do that? I'd say, where does the IRS file their notice of liens? Federal government. Well, no, they file it at the local property records office. They put that on the property rolls because you're the property. The reason the IRS files a notice of lien at the pardon me, they tax the property. They They, don't tax me. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the tax. I'm talking about the lien. If you if they've got you in a situation where they say you didn't pay it, where do they file that notice at the property records office on the property rolls? Okay. So. Anyway, that all that stuff works together, and like I said, man, this there's this stuff is so deep, and it can get so involved. But we can take one element of this, the hospital, and how they assign this, and talk for forty-five minutes to an hour or more on that one thing. I know it's so. Someone sip it, I guess. Well, and so that's why I want to go back, and especially because you're new and you get just getting exposed to this stuff, and make sure you got some of those basics cleared up. So as you go and continue to go along and untie the knots, that uh, it's good for you. You know, that's what the purpose of this show is for people just like you, Dave. Thank you. Well, thank you for responding and calling in and everything and being the right person to be receptive. Listen, this doesn't hit everybody like that, okay? Oh, it did me because I've been looking at this stuff for a long time, and, uh, you know, I could tell you my story, but... Well, we've all listen. You know, so what was the old TV show? There's eight million stories in the Naked City. <laughs> Remember that one? <laughs> Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Uh, so welcome aboard, Dave. And as you go forward, I wanted to. Uh, James, are you free? Have you got your your mic? Are you in a position where you can talk and tell? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, why don't you tell Dave your little situation? James just found us a couple of months ago, uh, and he's been hanging around pretty regularly, and he's had a lot of success in this area that you are particularly interested in. So I'm gonna let you two talk for a minute. Okay, I was uh, out. I kind of missed it. I had a phone call I had to take, so I'm not uh, familiar with what, what he's wanting to know. So he, he can ask me a question if he likes. 
Uh, well, I was wondering about my driver's license, really. Like, because I signed up, I think it's a U.S. citizen, and now I'm a U.S. national. No, no. So... Uh-uh, you signed up as a resident. That's the one question they absolutely require to get a driver's license. Are you a resident? And again, Brian, who is on here. <laughs> we, he, to, well, he, he was in Idaho and went out and tried to get a non-resident driver's license and took it all the way to the director of transportation of the state of Idaho and finally after a three or four volley legal exchange. The guy finally backed into a corner and said, we can't issue a state issued driver's license to anyone who's not a resident. Hey, Roger, just to add something real quick. And I, I mean, I, not everybody's going to agree with me. Uh, and I'm not saying you have to drive, you have to operate your automobile without a license. That's your own choice. But I'm going to tell you pretty bluntly that that would not stand up in any, irs trial or anything any court or anything that anybody goes through to say that i filed the affidavit four years ago but yet i've renewed my driver's license and declared i'm a resident okay that's I would that's evidence that it's secondary to the original filing and i'm just i'm being a nitpicker uh, here but you got to get you got to cut to the brass tacks well if somebody if once you sever the document if you go back and reclaim that you're a hold on, resident hold on. or a or a u.s citizen you're going to have to do the whole process and update that original affidavit. I'm just saying. That's well, maybe it's pretty simple to send one into the State Department should you have to do that, or you might try yep. turning the affidavit sure. in. Once you turn the affidavit in when you apply for a driver's license and say, well, I'm not a resident under the scope and purview of the 14th Amendment. How about that, pal? Well, they won't. Yeah, we know that. They won't issue you the second you say that you're not a resident. They won't they issue to you. They'll try. We've been through that. Yeah. We've proven it hands down. They, there's got to be a, uh, a contest somewhere here where uh, one of us, if not me, challenges the state yeah. and sues them uh, over their fraud because all yeah. they're trying to do is con is conversion. They're basically trying to convert and have you surrender an inalienable right to, to uh, garner their privileges. And then once you have their privilege, they can abuse you any which way but loose. Uh, Brian, did you hear me talking about this site earlier, uslawbooks.com, that this listener sent me? Uh, I it's saw this one yesterday. Somebody sent it. It's called... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I looked at it over yesterday. Okay. Very okay. good piece. All right. Well, somewhere in there he says there's a Supreme Court case, and the decision says you don't really need a driver's license unless you're driving for commerce. I haven't looked at it. I hadn't gone into all those sites. I don't know where it is. But that's kind of what we know. And, Dave, this is what the what the object of what I was trying well, to tell you I've earlier is once you put that district attorney. vehicle is technically commercial. It's not a. It, it's not even a question if it's but lawful or not. The, the evidence state is law. overwhelming. Oh, hold on a sec. The evidence I is overwhelming. Tennessee state law. Hold on, and I have to be licensed, and I have. You have to be licensed to do what? Operate a motor. You have to be. You have to be licensed to operate a motor vehicle, right? Yeah. How? Well, how long is that? No. How long is that cord on your car? Stop. I looked at. I looked at the. I looked at the definition of a vehicle, and it's any conveyance. Pretty much. 
No, so, just to reiterate uh, something. Look, just for a second, let me finish my uh, my comment and then whatever. The evidence is overwhelming. Uh, automobile is not a uh, is not a motorized vehicle, and it's Supreme Court case. There is a mountain of evidence, right? It's not a question of my opinion or not. A a, a right to a travel in your private automobile is absolutely black and white different than a, a transport in transportation in a motorized vehicle. They're two separate things, and they and they put. They pulled the trick off by the title, by the chain of title, by the original manufacturer's uh, uh, CMO, whatever it's called. That whenever you buy it, that's the big scam. That's where they lock you in and they register. They title that vehicle and they, and they change it to a commercial vehicle and the state owns it. That's why they can tax title, abuse you. You have to sever that original title, and there's a process for it. But it's not my opinion. There's unequivocal that it, uh, that the evidence shows the Supreme Court will side every single time with the fact that a private sit a private non-resident has the right to travel on any on any public road paid for by public taxes in their private automobile. Let me let me jump in. Do we have a second here? Sure, Harv. Go on. Uh, Number one, I don't know whether who's blowing in the microphone. I don't know. Somebody who is okay. Got that thing. It stopped. Go ahead. All right. Um, First of all, I would challenge the concept that there is a right to travel privately, but there's not a right to travel commercially. Uh, I would think that. Prior to the uh, 14th Amendment, people traveled commercially on public roads all the time. Another thing is that you pay taxes to travel uh, on the highways. You pay for the use of the highways in your gasoline tax or diesel tax, so fuel taxes. So if they're accepting money from you, to pay for the roads, then they are, uh, they are commercially. They no, they're they're just saying that uh, you have a right, just like you paid a toll at a privately owned road, as was done back in the old days. Uh, you pay a toll in the form of a fuel tax, and uh, so I I don't know I don't see the legal basis for saying you cannot conduct commerce on the highways without the government's permission, because that was a human right. It's because it's because when you're like hauling, let's say back, even in the old days, you got a big wagon with a whole bunch of, of something heavy that you're going to sell somewhere. You're actually contributing to the deterioration of the road more than an average traveler. That's one of the reasons. Okay. and, And, and you pay, and you pay a fuel tax, fuel tax. That is dedicated to the repair of the roads. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but you're in commerce, and the and the definition. Every time of you a, buy gasoline, you're paying tax, right? That's right, and it's got to be uniform. But Brian's right. You see, uh, it's you're in commerce here. You're making a business out of using that road. The other people aren't. And the other yeah, people pay the same exact amount of tax you do on the gasoline just to use it. 
The gist is not the tax. The tax is not the it's basis the of the argument. It's the activity. It's the, it's the status of what you're doing. It's the activity. Exactly. You're either in commerce. You're transporting a good from A to B, right? That's in commerce. That's a commercial uh, use. Or you're in private uh, use, yeah. moving your private property yeah. and yeah. under your own business. I go from uh, A to B, and then at B I buy and I book and pay sales tax, and then I go from B to A, right? Well, it's a commercial so not actually of, commercial uh, uh, we're get, We're it's getting really way, way too involved on something that doesn't need to be this involved at this stage, is trying to explain to Dave why he's private and public, and I want him to talk to James, who drives around with a passport card and a custom license tag and has been stopped in two different states. That's what I want you to hear, Dave. Okay. Yes, I'd like to hear about the custom license. James? Uh, yeah, I, I've been doing it for over almost three years now. Um, got stopped uh, about three times um, each time. Uh, they came to the car, asked me for, you know, license, registration, and insurance card. And all I did, I kept the conversation very minimal, and I just gave him the card. That's it. Uh, I haven't had a license since 2008, I believe, but I didn't know all of this stuff back then. I just knew something was wrong, and I, um, I had to find out what it was. The but, uh, you gave him. Say again? Yeah, I think uh, Dave needs to be uh, told that you gave the LEO at the side of the road your passport card. Right. Right. I gave him a passport card. He went back to the car, ran it, came back, and each time, thank you, Mr. Jones. Have a nice day. But there was one guy, one cop, that when he ran it, he must have did something wrong. And he came back and said, nothing is showing up. I said, told him, you have to run it as a passport card, as a pass card. So I think, I'm not sure, but I believe what that means is he has to input the numbers in manually and he can't just run the strip and then he came back and same thing have a nice day what kind of uh manual um tag do you have i i, I have a, pri a private plate that i made up myself on builddesign.com uh, what what was this what was the what? site that you got build a sign build a sign.com and he built his mm. own tag and it looks real nice and it's on a real spiffy looking uh three series bmw it's a five five fifty uh, five sissies <laughs> sorry oh i'm sorry <laughs> i'm a big guy man i can't fit in the three series <laughs> james you're a mess i, I know <laughs> I know. Now, this is where this works in connection with that notice I was trying to tell you about, Dave, because here's what goes on. If these people have been put on notice and they try to drag you into your court system since they don't have any jurisdiction and those laws don't apply to you anymore, if they try and do that, they lose their cloak of immunity. You can take them to court it's a personally. Court, isn't it? Okay. You see, this is where this I is mean, weaponized, and we can weaponize it because the, the playing field's level. Right? Hold on. We can't both talk at the same time. What's your question? It's a commercial court, right? 
It's a, they're all commercial courts. Yeah, it's just to make money. Well, they're administrative. Commercial is, is not as good a term as administrative. And they're not uh, just to make money. They're also even more so to assert control. And the only, re- the only people that they can assert control on are citizens of the United States and residents. And you ain't one of them anymore. You've already sent in your affidavit. So now the onus is on you to let them know via notice the first part of due process, that that has occurred and they don't have any kind of jurisdictional nexus over you anymore. And that's on you. If you don't tell them, then you can't hold their feet to the fire. Once you put them on notice, now it's new or should have known. Oh, you didn't know about that? Well, I put notice to the agent and the principal stuff on there. You should have known. You know, they use that standard on us all the time, don't they? Oh, you should have known you weren't a citizen of the United States when I asked the question, shouldn't you? Ignorance is no exception to the law. Okay, so you use notice and you're taking due process now that we've got access to the common law. Well, you're taking that and you're weaponizing it. See, here the battle that's go- that we're in right now, Dave, is the battle that's been going on since the beginning of time. And that battle is Lex Rex, the law of the king versus the common law. That's the battle we're in today again. And it literally is that simple. Oh, you but, put it that way. But I would suggest you uh, uh, think about it, and we can. Enjoy. Jeff did a real good job of putting everybody in Texas on notice. Put a nice little notice cover letter, sent it to the attorney general, that sharp attorney general out there in Texas, and he copied everybody under the sun that it applies to. So here's the process that happens, even if you get stopped on the side of the road. Okay, if you've got them on proper notice. You may even still have a driver's license. We got people that have filed affidavits that still have a driver's license and just drive real carefully. Okay. It, and a lot of these things, kind of these things depend on how you want to carry this out and what you're comfortable with. Okay. But, but let's stop by the cops. I don't drive like a maniac or anything. Yeah, right. But let's just go through the process. Let's say that you do and you've put them on notice and you go ahead and you sign the ticket the officer's given you and you got a little handout that goes over some of the bullet points of your position and you include that with the ticket you're signing for him. Okay. Now, when that goes back to the police station, it goes up the chain of command and it eventually gets to the district attorney because he's the guy that schedules the court cases on the docket. And when he sees it, you've already put him on notice that they've got no jurisdiction. If he puts that on a docket, he's now personally liable. And right there's where the process stops. Okay? Hey, Everywhere I go, I got to talk. Yeah, uh, district attorney <laughs> that I'm a national yeah. U.S. citizen. You see, the thing is, it's not his choice. It's your choice. If it was their choice as to what political status you were, it's called tyranny. And they don't like being open tyrants. That's why they've had to do this whole thing this way. 
Hey, Rod. Right. Do do what, Dave? I want to defer to our, uh, Brian's chomping at the bit. What were you going to say? Oh, that's cool. Go ahead. Uh, Brian? Hey, I'm going to post in the chat box here the uh, Don Quixote process on when you get a ticket. If you got your affidavit in line, I'll, I'll put it this way. You're, they're not going to touch you with a 10-foot pole if you do it correctly. If you got your affidavit in a line, I've proven it now probably four or five times, actually five times to be exact. Uh, there is a process that it's laid out. It's it's by the name of Don Quixote, and there are about six or seven Don documents. Quixote. Don Quixote is the name of it. I'll post it in here. You can have it for your own disposal. I think, I think cool. he's calling in on a phone line, and he can't access that, I don't believe, Brian. Why don't you just send it to me at the Radio Ranch address, and I'll forward yep. it to Dave. Well, okay, I want to I'll, see it in the chat room, too. I'll post it in the chat room, too. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, uh. Don Quixote. Not, not Don Cody, but Don Quixote. <laughs> Don yeah, Cody. the Spanish guy. Yeah. Yes, jousting at windmills like our patriot community's done the whole, all the years I've been in it. Hey, now that I got you on the line, how is Ecuador? Ecuador's very nice. In in what respect? every respect really the climate is probably the best climate in the world for the cost of living um we're in the most affluent area of the country here on a suburb of quito up in the mountains 8500 feet um just wonderful climate uh and a good group of expats here a lot of uh, fresh everything yeah. in the world grows here as you can imagine uh, there's all kinds of fruits that you've never yeah. seen before in your whole life and, and uh, 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 you know, still haven't tasted most of them for me. But the people are very nice. It's like, do, you have a uh, do I have what? Wrens? Wrens? Like, are you like growing the, stuff out there? Hold the, uh, do I have wrens? Are you talking about a I mean, bird? It's your wrens, so. A no, ranch? I mean, I, I'm not, Dave. I'm not, I, da, Dave. I'm not understanding. Did you say wrens or ranch? Ranch, radio ranch. Oh no, I don't have a ranch here. That's the name of this program. Like a ranch, like a farmer, but with livestock. I rent, man. I live right. out in the country uh, right. a little bit, and uh, got pigs and cows and chickens and roosters <laughs> okay. and all that around us. But. Uh, uh, it's a nice place to live. I mean, I'm glad I'm down here. Uh, it's thanks to knowing my, my old friend Jack, who's not with us today. But it's a, it's a nice place. I've been here a few years. Spent nine years in Argentina before I came up here. Yeah, no. Uh, I heard you uh, met Scorpio. I did. I had lunch with him last two, cool week guy. ago, a week ago today, as a matter of fact. Hell yeah. And he is very California. Uh, uh, you know, if I would have had to guess at the end, I asked him where he was from. He didn't come up in the earlier, and, <laughs> and he said he'd been raised in California. And I, I kind of went, yeah, I guess I could have asked, probably answered that question. He's got that kind of demeanor. Nice guy. Had a very nice conversation and uh, hope to get uh, our paths crossed again. 
and we have this Tuesday thing. Every yeah, Tuesday we get together for lunch, which is today, and uh, spend a few hours together. And new folks come by, and it's it's nice. It's a good little venue and a nice little uh, break in the week. Yeah, I listen to him every week after Dennis Fetcho, and he always has. Man, he knocks it out of the park. Yeah, they've got a good program on. I wasn't really, I'd never listened to them until recently. And uh, I listened to the show last week. They had that Russian guy. I was very impressed with him. Uh, Russian expert. We talked about that quite a bit yesterday. Uh, RussJournal.org. R-U-S-Journal.org. For those of you who might have missed that, if you're looking for any really, really exceptionally deep dive accurate information on that part of the world russia ukraine and all of that stuff that's a place that would be one of my first stops rusjournal.org so uh dave what other questions do you have here that we might could help you with old buddy new buddy uh well um is james still online i'm here i was gonna ask about the, the custom license plate. Like, what, if, what would you actually put on a custom license plate? Like, don't, I mean, like, what you put? You want to send me an email? I, 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 can, send, I can send it to you. Okay. I, I have a, uh, actually. Send it to, uh, well, James, I, I looked, yeah. I went to look for that email with the, the other night and I couldn't find it. So if you could uh, resend it and I'll forward yeah. it to Dave. Yeah, that's cool. I'll do that. A lot of information on that email, man. Yeah, we'll get that over there to you, Dave, and you can look at it. It's real fancy looking. And here's what we think is happening. Now, and I'm going to tell you where this came from. About a year or two years ago, Skype had a big change, and we used to use Skype for this activity we're doing right now and it messed that up and i was bitching about it here on the air and a guy got a hold of me called in he said listen i'm an it guy i think i can help you with that so he said we did got his number and that night we talked and he opened up the conversation he said listen i work for about 15 different agencies and he said i don't have a top secret clearance but i've got friends in the agents a couple of the agencies that do and he said i have filed paperwork with the secretary of state he didn't and i he we were supposed to be talking about something else entirely so he caught me totally off guard with this conversation okay and so i didn't ask him what paperwork i understand now it doesn't make any paperwork it doesn't make any difference, you know, it doesn't make any difference necessarily what you say as long as you rebut the presumption. That's why that one sentence works so easily. <coughs> anyway, anyway, what he said was this. My friend with top secret clearance ran my profile, and he came back and told me that I was listed in a category under diplomatic immunity. Okay. Now that makes sense because they would not have in the back office, a category where people could say, this is the old state citizen that caught us hiding the status. They wouldn't have that option on the back for the people in the back. They don't want the people internally to know this. 
Okay. So they, but that status coincides almost perfectly of the old state citizen and the privileges and immunities, the legal personality of a diplomat, somebody with diplomatic immunity. See, and I think that's where yeah. they've got us classified. Okay. Yeah. My ten, my, my, my gut feeling is that's correct. A diplomatic courier. Well, and we've had another instance at right. just about the same time. The first naturalized person that had done this and his wife went out to California on a, and flew back one way. And when they went to LAX to fly back to Dallas, she called into the show and told us, okay? And she said they checked in with their passport card. And the guy goes, go over and stand in the line where you get take your belt off and all that stuff. And she said, Roger, he came running over. The clerk came running over to the line and said, I put you in the wrong line. And he grabbed him and put him through the express line. There's only one reason that would have happened is he just gone back and seen that they had that diplomatic courier stuff and weren't regular people. It's the only reason I can think of. Okay. So. Regular people. Yeah, they didn't put him in the body scanner, did they? Yeah, well, evidently not, you know, but those are just a couple of examples that we've had along the way of what's going on, and I kind of tend to think that that is it, is they've got you somewhere in a category back there as a diplomatic courier. But, you know, they appear, as we were asking, as I was asking yesterday, they appear so long. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I said technically, yeah, because if you're a, Alien resident to the United States of America, you are diplomatic from a different state. Well, and I'll tell you right. another place you could go look at that's interesting is go into Wikipedia and under an entry called Citizenship of the United States, it has a whole paragraph there about the old state citizen. Okay? And it's interesting that it opens up the paragraph with italicized nationality something nationality status or something so they're telling you and there's no link underneath it it's not a hot link it's just italicized but it's right there in uh, wikipedia they see they can't do away with all these things they don't have that much power all they can do is veneer over them and try and trick you into into doing these things they want you to do they've been very successful at it the people are really a dumb herd as evidenced by a whole bunch of them going and getting this stupid shot. <clears throat> I know, man. It fucking it pisses me off. My parents got those fucking vaccines. And well, so we try and adhere to the ca- to the Carlin line. Dude. Dave, do you know what the Carlin line is? I hope you don't die, Dave. I don't know what to tell you, but you Dave, know. do you know what the Carlin line yeah. is? Uh, George Carlin, what? Yeah, the Carlin line. It's referred to as the Carlin line in media. Do you know what that is? It's a big-ass club, and we ain't in Well, I didn't know what I'm referring to, but that is George Carlin. It's the eight words that you can't say on radio, and we try and defer away from those here as much as possible. If you would, I'd appreciate it. And so it's not just like a closed call. This is going out worldwide, and there may be some people with children. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. So anyway, um, where else can we go? Chris, you got any, uh, any, uh, Chris, our buddy here that spoke to you earlier, Dave has 
been fighting these guys for how long now? Almost 10 years, Chris? Are you able to talk? Uh, well, at least since uh, 2012. Yeah, I, story. yeah, I discovered. Well, hello, good morning, Dave. Okay. Uh, there's just so much going on. I discovered a recent 20, uh, 2020 IG report that has some critical information relative to uh, placing Americans on the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act uh, list of investigated targeted persons. And I, I'm extrapolating a lot of data from that right now. Uh, earlier, we had uh, made a couple of comments. I was pointing out that when you hear the Chinese credit, social lie credit system, remember the other phase of that that they don't talk about is the social lie debt system. And I assure you that's a lot more insidious and dangerous aspect when they can cancel culture you, deprive you from all access steal your property, destroy your family, uh, perhaps murder you or whatever else they want to do if you're deemed to be socially unacceptable and therefore given a dramatically dangerous social credit score uh, or social debit score, as the case may be. And this is what's coming to America. They do that, they do that against on Chinese? Well, that's what I'm saying. They only oh, talk wait. about the positive. They don't tell you about the negative. And, of course, that's kind of like the same thing. They don't ask you if you're a U.S. national. I mean, ask I've never been there, so I don't know. Well, the, the Chinese people are much like the American people. The bulk of them are really good people. However, the ones that are in charge, right. just like here, are a bunch of dangerous pedophiles and predators. And so it's very, very dangerous out there. But with that, I'll let you get back to your conversation. James has uh, probably advanced the concept of traveling the right to travel and of course there's like you say and like james says there is a plethora of supreme court decisions that support that we have a right to travel it's uh you mentioned the ucc and uh private home conveyance which is 9-109 in the ucc specifically there's also I mean, there's just so much of this stuff, but that's a really tough battle to fight out there because all these police want to try to be convinced themselves that you're in a motor vehicle, which is used to haul freight or passengers for hire exclusively. I mean, I know half of them. I mean, they're just doing their job, you know. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, told. Their job is to release you from your money. They're revenue pro generators. They're not. <laughs> Pretty projectors. much. Yep. But with that, I'll let you get back to your conversation. I was doing something else here in the background, looking over Don Quixote's uh, paperwork that uh, Brian put up there. That's very helpful. And I see Sarge is on there, and we want to know how to hear his show, too. So uh, let us have it, Jim. Thank you. Let's see who, hey, else is, who else is Roger. bellying up. Somebody wants to say something. Who be that? This is Roger, and I have a question. Hey, Roger. Did you get my email? Concern. I sent it over the weekend. Concerning what? It was a uh, an ATF form. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Right. Oh, good. I was convinced you never got it because in um, I I asked you a question in that and I, you never. 
What was the question? I mean, it's, it's, we, it was what we were talking about last week with the, what country of origin are you in there? What was the question that you asked me? Well, I didn't it, see uh, it. there was a line in the uh, ATF form, line 19, and it gave you uh, a choice. Well, it actually had two check boxes in it, and it actually said check one or both. And neither one said U.S. citizen. So my question was, which one would you check and why? It said you could check either one or both. And it said nationals check USA. And uh, the I other check. one. That's what, I, that's what I check, USA. Well, would you check the other one also? I just checked that one that said USA. I don't know. I don't think anything like this is that big a deal. They're not going to go, oh, look, you did this. We're going to do this to you. I don't think it's any of that kind of a situation as long as you got your affidavit on file with the Secretary of State. Should they try that, you always defer to that. Okay, I, I've, I've got to pull up that form because – I want to a, a, a national citizen. I'll tell you, here, here's the corollary I draw is to go back to the Jurat Clause, uh, t- Title 28-1746, the two Jurats. What's the difference between within the United States and without the United States in those two? Jurat's pretty important, penalty of perjury, right? Right. Okay, what's the well, difference in those two? The incorporated. Uh, U.S. and the other one is not. One of them says, I, I swear under penalty of laws of the United States, and the other one says the United States of America. I'd check the USA. Remember, a state citizen was a national citizen by default. I, I know. I know. But let me let me get my form here. So I I just click the the whatever refers to USA, and I doubt if you get that one covered, I'm sure you're covered, okay? Well, Mr. Sales, Roger, too, is talking about the fact that you can check both boxes and list your specificity as to what you're trying to identify in a little blank on that same Number 19, entry, square, rectangle, whatever. Okay, so if you click them both, you can say USA. You can say, like in my case, Texas state, state citizen, national. Okay. So that's uh, that's a place for me to specifically define my status. Okay. But why bother when checking USA says it all also? Yeah. Fair enough. But I should defer I, to Roger and his uh, and, and, interest. In and what form was that on? Forty-four seventy-three. What is the, what form is that? That's where you go to the gun shop, and you have to fill out this form before they will sell you the actual. I see. Okay. Thing. But they don't present you with the ATF form. They present well, sure. you with their well, state form, which has nothing no, here. It's the ATF form. Roger, I don't understand. When you say state form, I don't know what that is. The 4473 is a federal form. There are, these are all federal gun laws. They ain't state gun laws. Yeah, right. And so that's the only form I've No, that's not true. 
That's not true. Every well, state has true. different gun laws. Well, you know okay, what? You live here. You live in me. a you live in a real wacky one in Washington State, right? Well, it didn't used to be, but it it has become that in the last five years or so. Okay. okay well, the uh, the the uh, state form here. <laughs> uh, it's called a. Uh, Six fifty-two-001, and this is a form that shows a box that says U.S. citizen, and there's two check boxes below it: yes and no. <clears throat> Had they handed me this form, I would have checked no, but they. They claimed they didn't have any forms, and the reason I say that is because they told me to, to fill out the form on this touchscreen monitor. And on the touchscreen monitor, the only f uh, they had first question, are you a U.S. citizen? Checkbox labeled yes. There was no no checkbox. Okay. I said, I can't fill this out. He says, why? I said, they don't give me an option under U.S. citizen. And he says, uh, well, if you can't fill it out, you can't get the gun. Okay. So um, I went along with it. I, oh, I complained. I said, I want a paper form. He says, we don't have paper forms, which I knew was a lie. And so I said, okay. We'll do this. We'll play this game. And so I checked yes. So then if you go to the form uh, for Washington State, or I'm sorry, the state of Washington, the 652-001, that box on that form says U.S. citizen. Yes, no. Okay. No. So that's a bait and switch, number one. And well, why couldn't you put no right there? Because it was a, a touchscreen computer screen. Well, okay, well, it said no, though, didn't it? No. The paper form says no. The touchscreen form it said you had no option. I, I got that part. Well, the option is to don't check. That no, the option is to go do a private sale and go to a gun show and buy it from an individual. You don't have to do any of that crap. Yeah, or or no, you no, go, they, all right, or you go to the guy and go, look, I'm a U.S. national. What do I do that. here? And if he gives you any flack, say, call the ATF and ask them. They will okay me to buy it. They, uh, well, they did uh, uh, send the same form from the computer screen to the FBI for a background check. So yeah, they got the same thing. Yes, this guy's a U.S. citizen. Okay? This is there. I'm going to follow. In fact, I already have. I've contacted the uh, uh, licensing department for uh, gun stores in the state of Washington. And I just uh, did that yesterday. I haven't heard back yet. Good. But but I, I've listed about eight rights and 
laws broken also of about at least eight that this guy did. The first one was extortion. If you don't check yes, you don't get the gun. Okay? Uh, gun theft. Uh, uh, change in a state and federal form. The old bait and switch. The only thing you get on the screen is a yes box, but on the form, both state and federal, you, you have options. And the federal one is the one I sent you with the options in it. And uh, as soon as I find it, I will. Raj, have you put every have you put your uh, folks on Washington State on notice as to your affidavit filing? Not yet. I would do that. Well, absolutely, I'm going to. I'm also going to uh, create a, a fee fine schedule too. Put them on, on notice with that. You okay. Well, you go ahead. All right. Uh, I'm going to get my form up and I'll interrupt. All right. Well, you know, it's just one of those instances where different states have different prerogatives, and obviously Washington's got an extra layer of bureaucracy in there that I don't know uh, most other states probably don't have. I think most other oh. states go directly to the feds, don't they? Well, they did that. They did that. They did. See, this state has. Well, hold it. You're uh, telling me they had to make you fill out a state piece of paperwork before they'd let you have the gun. That's not going directly to the feds. Well, let me finish. This state, this form that they have is, is supposed to accomplish the same thing that the fed form accomplishes. But they have changed their laws here in Washington State because of this communist governor we have called Inslee is his name. And they, they want to run their own background check on top of <clears throat> the federal check. First time I had to do this. <clears throat> and um, so they still run this old one checkbox on a computer monitor. And then put it on a form that has yes and no, and they don't give you any options. They force you to take their bureaucratic background check in the state of Washington now, and the game goes on. But the the ATF form, which is um, it's not quite a year old, I think has changed quite a bit. And that's why I sent it to you, because I wanted to get your opinion of it. Well, have you considered buying an 80%? Uh, Harvey, I've done that. I've got those. Okay. But you can't buy one now and have it sent to your home. Oh, really? Yes, really. you got to go through... Uh, you got to go through a dealer, yeah. That changed with that order from Biden last week or week before. Uh, I think it was earlier than that. Recently. Yeah. Let's say since the last time I bought my last one, but that's been years ago. Well, the, uh, I think I'd find a way. Well, there's ways, but, you know. Yeah, I, I understand, Roger. That's, uh, it, it's 
Aha, I got it. You're running an obstacle course. <clears throat> well, yes. hopefully uh, all of our folks have long since gotten their pieces. Okay, and and your gold and your silver and your stored food and all that stuff, all those things hopefully have been taken care of long ago. You had a lot of time to prepare. Okay. Okay, this form reads, okay, 19 says country of citizenship. There's a check slash list more than one, if applicable. Nationals of the United States may check USA. And there's a checkbox that says United States of America, USA. And there's another checkbox, and this is the only other checkbox there. Other country slash countries specify. Now, I've never seen that on an ATF form. I've never seen the word national on an ATF form. I've never seen them say the nationals check USA. That, that was a big eye opener. But the part that really caught my eye was check slash list more than one, if applicable. So had I had that form, I would have checked both boxes. And I would have specified uh, that, and I, I made up a, a dummy copy of it, but it, I basically said uh, Washington a, a State, or no, I said Washington uh, Unincorporated State in the Republic. And then I listed a second entry under specify. I said, and the remaining... 49 states or 49 unincorporated states in the Republic of America. So it's like they're begging us to tell them that this is uh, countrywide and that we're nationals and I claim it in every state. You have to anyhow because if one state has something, they all have it. I thought this was a very important ATF form. And what they did is they denied, they basically, through extortion, denied me my right to specify my status of nationality. That's, that's just some of the stuff. You certainly ought to challenge them at the state level on that no option at that point. Uh, you got well, a very I, valid point, and I think you might can hold their feet to the fire on that I point. You better believe it. Uh, so we'll keep us informed on if they if they respond. Well, uh, that's what I was thinking too. If they respond, but I don't see how they cannot. But if they don't, uh, there's remedies. So uh, I'll let well, you know. Okay. Well, just one of those gets curiouser and curiouser. Uh, as we wrap up to the tail end of the show, has anybody got anything they wanted to um, um, bring up? Any questions, any comments? Uh, Dave, got any other things you need clarified? That yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, I just want to... Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to say what he's saying is true, man. 
like all the states are parroting the feds, and it's they're all political subdivisions. That's what we're doing is getting back to the Tennessee state and not the state of Tennessee. Okay, and that you do that when you file the affidavit. There's other ways of approaching this. There's some people that have been well, successful. Well, I mean, well, you know, Anna von Wright's, I guess, is trying to do this in all the states simultaneously. I think that's a little bit of a big, too big a bite to chew. <laughs> uh, but I know there's a guy yeah. in North Carolina that's been doing I'm a it resident for, of the state of Tennessee. Well, I know a guy in yeah. North Carolina. His name's so, Ainworth. I'd Ainsworth. like to call it Tennessee state law. And what I'm saying is Tennessee parrots the law of the federal government. Of course. Well, they're and all political. So all of them do. And the feds are doing it. The gun laws. It's not just the driving laws. It's the gun laws. It's everything. You know what I mean? Yes. It's because it's full of people that say that they're residents and they've got federal citizens everywhere. Good morning, Roger. Who is that? Is that another Tennessee boy there, Mr. Patrick? No, this is Cody. Oh, Cody. <laughs> Don yeah, Cody. Don, Don Cody, we uh, refer to him as. Sorry, what? go ahead. I'll quit interrupting. Well, I, I texted a guy that was pretty big with the North Dakota legislature. Apparently, they're, uh, they're not in session any longer. But I was telling them they need to go pass some convention of states for this uh Supreme Court deal that way they can't stack the Supreme Court so I would encourage everybody out there to get with your legislature and encourage them to try to do some kind of a federal amendment you know the states can can proffer a uh, federal amendment and call for a convention of states and uh, you know limit the Constitution to nine so they can't stack it that'd be one idea how to fight some of this and then you guys can go to your state legislature and and figure out how your state constitution is and you can Try to limit some of this shit on your state constitution. Yeah, pretty much all we have. Like in Illinois, you can—it actually goes to a vote of the people, apparently, for the constitutional changes. I think it sounded like Pennsylvania was kind of complicated how they do it. They, whatever they pass, I think in one session of the legislature, it's not official. I think until the next session of the legislature, so it's a little bit more of a procedural protection, but. You know, I'd like to see that happen for all these property taxes and all that, so there'd be like a maximum 1% or something they can charge you. The Cody? Yep. Might lose you here. Where are you from? He's up there. Oh, I... He's north of you a little bit, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Illinois and Kentucky. Yeah, he's yeah. About Illinois, Chicago. Well, see, the, 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 my premise here is there is no political solution to this problem and that it's an individual solution and that we've got to all approach this individually. Now, if we get a bunch of strong individuals, then it may get to be where it could be a political situation. But you, you ain't going to get anything accomplished with a bunch of serfs that don't have any idea what's going on. They're supposed to get together and fight these guys. I just don't see any success there. Sorry. Okay. I do see success on the I individual agree. level. I mean, what what do we see out of these guys? Would you say that we see lawlessness? 
we're hearing the term. Would you guys say uh, so you see lawlessness out there? Absolutely. Okay. Then if Legal they're so lawless, lawless so publicly, why are they still going to recognize Dave's uh, passport and affidavit when it reaches D.C.? As it already has. Why do they recognize that and send him a passport if they're so lawless? Why don't they just throw this whole thing out the window? They can only be lawless on the people they've got jurisdiction on. Still kind of skeptical. <laughs> yeah, everybody is, Dave. You're not the first. You're not the first, okay? But what I would tell you is what I told those people on. No, it's what I told those Dave and those pals that day. I've been doing this 11 years, almost every day during the week of having a radio show and helping people understand this and get up the courage to do it. And in that time period, I've never heard of one case of blowback. Anybody's been affected by filing this paperwork and making this declaration. And I've got to think that if somebody had an incident of blowback, I'd be one of the first to know about it because they'd be looking to get their asses out of the fire. In 11 years, Dave, not one. Well, you got we've caught them at their whole base thing. I mean, you know, I can take you straight to the income tax code and show you how to get out of income tax. How, every one of the agencies. Here's the key I was going to get to earlier. Okay, the key to this. Yeah, what I'm saying. What do I file when I go to get a job? When you go, you know? what well, you tell them you're a U.S. Wait, national. Well, I'm not a U.S. citizen, so I really don't. I really don't have a. Hold it. Hold it, Dave. On the, you, if you're going to go apply for a job, you're going to have to fill out a form called an I-9. And on the I-9, it's got all those options, and a U.S. national is one of them, okay? Okay. Um, what did Amanda, wasn't Amanda did a bunch of research and found that you just fill zero for the withholding and all that? Or what all did she find that you had to I don't know. I haven't even heard of it. through it and say, eh, not really. Well, we've what? got a guy that supposedly, yeah. if you've got one I of those much. jobs at a big-time corporation and you don't want to take this information to the corporation, uh, uh, human resources oh, no, 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 no. and all that stuff, there's a way you can file what? as a state citizen and file an NR and a guy that will help you do it that's got about a 10-year track record and you get all your money back. You don't upset the corporation. You get all your money back as filing an NR. And he, he does it for you. Supposedly his track record is good. That's all I know. Okay? I mean, that's possible. I mean, if you're a national, it's got to be possible. I mean, oh, what? If, if you're a dude from Guam, it's got to be possible. No, not right? Guam. Not Guam. Guam is a citizen of the United States. Okay? And if you go, if you go, what I was going to say a minute ago, you go, the key to understanding this is the agencies. It's the agencies to control the new serfs that came out of the bankruptcy. How do they control? Through the Code of Federal Regulations, these man-made laws. 
They're not the laws that your yeah. elected officials make. It's the one. It's the ones that they pass that these guys interpret into their own little laws called regulations. Okay, and you can go to that group of books and their jurisdictional statements on the front page of all fifty titles, and of forty nine of them, Dave, their jurisdictional statement is residence. And only in one, Title 26, are both statuses there. And that's the taxing area because they had to put both statuses there. And it says very plainly, an income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States and residents. And to the extent of 871B and 877B, all non-resident alien individuals and there's your u.s national a non-resident alien individuals there's only two statuses you're either slave or you're free and it doesn't matter what they label it and in that one that's what they've got it labeled okay over on the the passport oath that you just took they've got it labeled as a non-citizen national Okay, but the whole key to understanding where they've got power is that group of books, the Code of Federal Regulations, and that's their rule book, and they tell you in those books who they can exercise that power on. It's stated very plainly. Residents in 49, one of them has both statuses, Title 26. I'm not a resident of the United States. Well, you're not, you know, and the thing is, is the term resident, any time that that is used in any legal context, its definition is always legal. And in this instance, that definition always applies to the 14th Amendment and the state wherein they reside. So if you're residing in a state, here's technically what's going on, Dave, is you're a federal citizen after the Civil War that's living in Tennessee, and the good old boys from Tennessee don't like the new federal citizens, and you're requesting protection from the federal government against the good old boys in your state. Okay. That's what that means. I am the good old boy. That, well, I'm just telling you legally that's what it means. You're requesting well, protection lawfully. from the federal government <laughs> I'm a, good old boy. against the, your state. And that brings in the jurisdictional right. formula, which is protection for allegiance, allegiance for protection. So if you're asking for protection, they're automatically going to give it to you and assume you've got, they've got your allegiance. Because if you didn't have your allegiance, you wouldn't be able to ask them for yep. protection. Okay. Uh, I, I should say this: if you want to get a good handle on this, you've got a good background. You saw when this. we become when white when oh. white people become a minority, you think they're going to give them civil liberties? I, I you no. think the federal government is the, going to give them the, minority status? The Jew boys That's want bullshit. the white. They that want the white. Happen. They want the white race neutered and off the face of the earth. We're the only ones that stopped them all throughout history of doing this crap. Hey, well, okay? hold on, hold on. Well, U.S. citizenship Family. doesn't differentiate based on color. That's right. It's not a color deal anymore. Yeah. It used to be. Okay. Yeah. Even Some though, orig- yeah, 
originally, from if you go back and read the slaughterhouse you cases, there there was some wiggle room because it was there were people that were born and raised in D.C. who were not black that couldn't be citizens of the United States. There was a limitation there for them. Okay, not only in D.C. but the territories. Well, that was a municipal. Well, yeah, it was. And see, here's the argument that's been floating around lately is that incorporated in 1871, right? Well, the 14th Amendment was in 1868, and there's that phrase, subject to the jurisdiction thereof. It was before incorporation. What was the what was this jurisdiction? Well, it was subject to singular. Okay, I, mean, I don't have. we're still martial law because of the reconstruction. Well, I, mean, I don't. I don't know. You you can get out of it. So we're at the end of the show here. You guys can't hear the music, and I can, and the audience <laughs> that's listening can. Okay, and we're about to get off here in a second. Thank you, Russia. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad you joined us, Dave. Thanks. And uh, feel free to show back up and participate, all that stuff. Got a pretty good group of guys here. A lot of folks with a lot of years under their belt fighting this monster. And a lot of people here that have been successful at it. Okay. Several anyway. So there's the cost of freedom. I'm going to bury you in the ground. As the outro says, we'll see you manana in la manana. And we will discuss things of great import and legality. See you then. So thanks for being with us. Manana. Manana in la manana. Ciao, ciao. Jim Brown, by the way, is next. Absolutely.